Hey guys, Gabe here, your friendly neighborhood editor. I just wanted to let you know that there was a problem transferring the movie over to audio, so there are a lot of clips missing, so that overall has led to a shorter episode. We're taking the proper precautions to make sure this doesn't happen in the future, but there is a bit of a lack of content here when it comes to cutaways, or when it comes to us citing something and then you don't hear the actual clip that we reference just because there was a problem with the transfer. We're gonna really try hard to make sure this doesn't happen again, but hey, hopefully it doesn't stop your enjoyment on the episode, so hopefully you have as much fun listening to it as we did making it. Alright, thank you guys so much, and enjoy the show. everybody, welcome to a normal episode of Every Marvel Movie Ever. I'm your host, Gabe Thomas. With me, as always, is your co-host, Francisco Alcala. And today, what are we talking about? What are we doing here? Uh, I don't even remember what the movie's called. Uh, the I don't death remember of the what Incredible the movie's Hulk. called. The Death of the Incredible Hulk. So, last, not last week, like three movies ago when we watched <laughs> Trial of the Incredible Hulk. There was not a Trial of the Incredible Hulk, it turned out. Was there a death of the Incredible Hulk? Yeah, it was stupid. Yeah, it was really dumb. It was really bad. And that's okay. Um, We're just going to get right into trivia. And this one is... You know, the trivia is more interesting than the actual movie in a lot of ways. (laughs) Because this one is not... It doesn't technically have any other Marvel characters in it. So it's not yeah. as interesting. Like we don't have Daredevil to team up with him or Thor or anything. I said it a lot before, and this movie kind of just proved my point. Hulk isn't a good character to have alone. He, he's not. He as, can't stand no, on his own. He's not as interesting. It, it's, this movie isn't a total disaster. It's just not as as good as the last. T- uh, I don't know. We'll get into it, but first we'll get into trivia. This was released on NBC uh, on February 18th, 1990. It is the final installment in this trilogy of TV Hulk revival movies. And now we don't have to talk about the Hulk again until 2003 rolls around. So this was again directed by Bill Bixby, who of course plays Dr. David Banner or whatever he's going by in this one. It was, I think. Yeah, it's, some, it's something. Oh, yeah, it's Bellum. Yeah. It is. That's right. Like Mrs. Bellum from the Powerpuff Girls. There! Back for seconds, Miss Bellum. But it's again written by Gerald DePago. They were going to make more of these. They were going to revive the Hulk. Uh, I think there's two possible titles. The one I wrote down, at least, is Revenge of the Incredible Hulk. I think there was also Rebirth of the Incredible Hulk. And that was going to either have Hulk, but he has the mind of David Banner, like an Avengers Endgame. Time travel! Or Professor Hulk, various Professor Hulk storylines. Or Banner no longer being able to turn to the Hulk, so it's just Banner and no Hulk. That would which be would be so much worse. So fucking boring. I think it's pretty obvious that Black Widow is supposed to be in this. A little. Because there's a character who just is Natasha Romanoff, but they change the name change the name <laughs> and, that's and the, it. yeah that's that's literally it. She even wears a red wig at one point to make it painstakingly obvious. But Iron Man was supposed to be in either this or one of the sequels. It wasn't very clear. But let's think about a 1990 made-for-TV Iron Man for a moment. It would be made of, like, Tupperware. Yeah, it would be a fucking disaster. So so I think that's kind of interesting, and I wish that they did it, because I want to see, like, a 90s Iron Man. It would be awful. That's such a special effects-heavy character. Yeah. I kind of want to see it, too, but at the same time, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, in 1991, kind of like how there was that, there's that Supergirl movie, off from the Chris Reeve Superman movies. They were going to do a She-Hulk TV movie starring Bridget Nielsen in like 1991, so it's just a year after this, and there are pictures of her in the costume. Like they got it. pretty far along. It's it's a lady painted green. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I had no idea that that was a thing that happened or that there was photos of it. So television ratings declined with each film, so... Understandable. Yeah. I think they kind of have just gotten worse and worse as they've gone along. Yeah. And there is no new transformation footage in this entire movie. All the stuff is recycled, which I I noticed. I I noticed it too, but I thought 
I don't know. I just didn't think that they were lazy enough to recycle it. I was. It just looks similar. <laughs> well, no, it's just the same exact yeah. thing. <laughs> and you can tell because it's like ripping in different locations. Yeah. Like, like he'll be against like a white background when he's ripping, but then he's just in a car park. Or like, <laughs> like it doesn't. It doesn't line up. And um, the last thing, uh, Jasmine is played by Elizabeth Grayson, who I just wanted to give a shout out to because she is great in the film Coherence. Nobody's seen it. It's a. It's like a low budget sci-fi mystery movie from 2004. 13 or 14 and it's really good and i think it's on amazon prime so if you have amazon prime check out coherence it's really good and also she was in both highlander shows from the 90s which i have not seen because i don't fucking care the last two movies have opened the first one opened with him on a beach the second one opened with him like working in a ditch this just opens on it's just a black screen with white text because the budget has run out by this point yeah, like one absolutely this one looks so much worse than the last two a little bit and something i noticed was the other two started with i don't know if it's the show's intro but you know what i'm talking the about the lonely man theme song yeah of course yeah the song, we've talked about that all the time no it's a different song And that kind of sucks, because I like that song, and I wish that they played that instead. But nope, it's just some other song that nobody has any emotional connection to. They don't play Lonely Man theme until the very end of the movie. We get some some establishing shots of this boring-ass facility surrounded by forests or whatever. And now David has a job as a janitor. He's working... It's kind of like... I got a lot of pre-Goodwill Hunting vibes from this, because he's like a janitor who's a secret genius, and he, and he like writes stuff on the professor's chalkboard. It's the same thing, but like seven years beforehand. They stole it from the death of the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Do you understand how much modern cinema owes to the death of the Incredible? It's a not perfect. A it's a perfect example of how not to make a superhero <laughs> movie. It's, um, he gets yelled at for doing his job. Now, David, I've told you not to take so much time trying to make things perfect. And then some guy comes in, and oh yeah, this becomes a main character, Doctor Pratt, and he offers David this carrot cake that his wife made. My wife gave me this whole extra portion of carrot cake. Now it's her carrot cake. But I couldn't eat it, so I'm offering it to you. And then we get this lady using this really clunky fingerprint reader. And this, oh, it's the security guard, and her name is Betty. Betty Ross, uh, played by Liv Taylor in um, The Incredible Hulk, and then General Ross's daughter, and Hulk's main love interest throughout all the comics. It's just a coincidence, probably, but I think that's, if that is a nod, because that seems pretty intentional, is to have a Betty in there, because Betty is probably the most direct character related to the Hulk, other than maybe Rick Jones or the Abomination. <laughs> Again, I think a lot of the time, since we live in a post mcu world we try to make these connections so it's more interesting (laughs) yeah yeah it probably is nothing this guy in a fedora and leather jacket follows david around it's a really gross and he's wearing these like pastel blue jeans it's this really fucking disgusting outfit david's cashing in his check at the bank then he's talking to the clerk lady about how oh i only spend my money at the movies well don't save too much you've got to have some fun too movies david's walking around in that that guy in the disgusting outfit, he's hanging around the, this alley and he asks David to spare some cash. And David's like, You look like you could get a job. But then he just follows him down this alley anyway. And then he gets like trapped by people just roll dumpsters into this yeah. alley. And then they kick the sh- they just beat the shit out of David Banner. It's really, it, it, they, they get him pretty good. And they like mug him. And this, I think there's this one thief who has, like, this giant wad of $100 bills, and he just, he just keeps, like, rubbing it together. Yeah. It's really awkward. And then, there's this, there's this really weird shot where David's, like, half human, half Hulk. Like, he's just, he has really, this really weird green paint on him, but it's green paint on Bill Bixby, which looks really wrong. And then you get your recycled transformations. And then, this I is- I want to see Hulk, but it's just- Bill Bixby. And, and Lou Ferrigno as David Banner. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be incredible. But so the, the, I think this is the quickest out of any of these movies that he's become the Hulk. Yeah. Like, it took a, uh, not a while, but. It usually takes like half an hour. Yeah, and this like is like five like five minutes. minutes. The thugs are arguing over who gets the share, like the fedora guy is like, oh, oh, I, I, I should get 25% or whatever. And the guy's like, no, you just get the decoy money because he's the decoy lured him in. He's like, oh, you could never have this without me. Whatever. Hulk, cra- it's it's not important because Hulk fucking almost crushes them with like this telephone pole <laughs> yeah. that he rips out of the ground. And that's pretty great. I was hoping you use like a baseball bat because in the Hulk Ultimate Destruction video game, yeah, you I, can use I it that like happen. that. This you movie can... didn't have the budget for it. No, not at all. <laughs> But he, he kind of did that in Return of the Incredible Hulk with that big pole and he hit those yeah, guys. A bit. So we've had that. We're never going to have 
we would never have Lou Ferrigno ripping a car in half and using them as boxing gloves. <laughs> that would be amazing, though. We get we get Edward Norton doing that at some point, though. There is some awful stunt work here where Hulk like throws him into a dumpster, and there's this slowing down and speeding up in this movie it's is so, so much, much worse, worse than usual. Because if you didn't hear our last episodes, or just to reiterate, they slow down the footage to like add weight to the Hulk, but. This time, they do it when the Hulk is on screen with someone else, so the whole thing is slowed down. It's really awful. Hulk's just hanging around when the cops show up, and he's taking the time to growl at the decoy guy. Like, the decoy guy's just sitting on a thing, and he's growling at him. It's really out of character. Yeah, it's just kind of like, he just growls and then runs? Yeah. Oh no, he doesn't run. No, he gets this, cornered. This might be the best part of the whole movie in yeah, the first five minutes. Is. He gets cornered by the police so <laughs> since he has nowhere to run he just decides to fucking jump through a wall he, he runs like through the brick wall of the alley <laughs> and he runs through, through two apartment buildings it's like in howard the duck when he's yeah. crashing through but the hulk's running through all these breakaway walls and then he's he runs all the way out onto the street <laughs> like he runs through the alley through two apartments and then he's on the street and that is definitely the most impressive thing about this whole fucking movie that's where all the fun in the movie ends <laughs> then it's just kind of bleak for most of it but this guard he just this is like the third time that he picks on david for forgetting his thermos wait a minute david you didn't forget that thermos again did you I think it's a thing that he does on purpose. So he can go back and, and, and yeah. fuck with the chalkboard. Because yeah. they show that he has that recording that he plays okay. where like, he went out the back exit or whatever. So I think he just does yeah, it Yeah, okay. Purpose. Yeah, you're probably right. It's, it's just weird that every single time it's his thermos. Yeah. It's a very specific thing and that that guard always notices. It's, it's a lot to like... Like, that's a plan that you really have to rely on that guy to, to ask the question every time. You have to really... You have to spend, like, a lot of time just planning out to, like, get that one part of the plan to work. Yeah. To, like, get him to notice it and then to keep doing you, you it. You very deliberately walk past him without your thermos yeah. and, and this whole thing. And it's always the same recording. Like, what if he asks something after that? Like, like what if he plays the recording of Baby and, like, oh, he's going through the back exit. And he's like, oh, okay, Betty. Oh, by the way. And then asks you something. It's like, what does he do? Just play the recording again. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a really bad plan when you think about <laughs> but it. But I mean, it worked. I guess. Yeah, because yeah, because the script wanted it to work. Exactly. <laughs> so Dr. Pratt, the guy who uh, gave him the carrot cake, he's like, Oh, it was real good, Dr. Pratt. I couldn't taste the carrots. Is that the point of carrot cake? Are you not supposed to taste the carrots? I don't know if I've ever had it. I've never had it I don't it even like normal carrots to begin with. I don't know why. <laughs> That's probably why my eyesight's so bad. David sneaks into the laboratory and he does his whole will hunting thing when he, he's just, he's changing the formula on. He, he's looking at all this genetic code, like, you know, stuff you learn in ninth grade biology. And he changes like one letter of it. Yeah, he's like, oh, it's not, it's not thiamine, it's guanine or whatever. He argues with the computer about it for a little bit. And then I was so scared because we get another racquetball sequence, which... I know. What's that's so weird. Maybe it's Bill Bixby's secret passion is racquetball, even though he's never <laughs> in these scenes. It's always different characters. But I kind of freaked out when there was more racquetball because last time the exposition over racquetball scene was Wait, so horrible. Wasn't the, rac wasn't the last racquetball one... Was it in The Punisher? No, it was in Returns. Uh, Incredible Hulk Returns. Because he's talking about, it's the, uh, or maybe it's Trial. It's where everyone had the Cajuns. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't know Which why. Which one had the Cajuns? That was the first one. <laughs> I yeah. don't remember. Not the Trial oh, yeah, one, yeah, the other Because Wilson Fisk was the villain. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The one with the the Cajun one, I guarantee. I guarantee. Better times. <laughs> Much better films. So, yeah, we got more racquetball. They're playing out of what, it's just like the YMCA, but it looks like they're playing outside of, like, like a waiting, like a hospital waiting room. <laughs> And then this racquetball couple just starts making out hard in the middle of the racquetball court. And one of the racquetball people is, is this chick named Jasmine, who becomes a major character. But we're just going to call her Jasmine because it's easier. And then he tries to grab this cassette tape from her skirt and that never comes back. What is that? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I know she drops it off in, like, a, a bag. But like, it's never... I don't think they ever bring it up again. Great. And then, back at the lab, Dr. Pratt thinks that Banner's calculations are wrong, but then he's like, wait a minute, he has a grand realization. And back to Jasmine, because it's just cutting around everywhere, so it makes this really weird to, to say. Jasmine's just at her apartment, and this guy sneaks up on her in the shower, and he's like, oh, Jasmine, you must come with me. 
it's really weird and random. It's it's a little creepy. Yeah, it's a little creepy. Also, I'm surprised she doesn't have a background in like adult films just because she gets nude for a lot of this movie. Like we never there's see like three it, scenes. but there's multiple scenes when she goes full out, and I was like, you know, props, <laughs> props to her for going there. Um, I, I guess <laughs> I didn't expect it from Death of the Incredible Hulk. That takes. Well, I guess it doesn't take balls, but it takes and guts. And it then, gets a little weird the further in, to, in it, further into the movie. It, it goes, it goes a lot further than I thought it would for the death of the Incredible Hulk. Then this guy named Kasha, he's waiting around in her apartment, and they beat her up for a while. And she's just a. This is the character that's just a Black Widow clone. She's a spy. She's been a spy since she was like fourteen. And she's she does a variety of disguises, which isn't a thing as much in the movies as in the comics. I think the only real disguises she does in the movies is in um, Iron Man Two as Natalie Rushman, and um, when she's the old lady in Winter Soldier. But yeah, so so it's just the same character, except her name is Jasmine. And Kasha has this mission for her, and if you refuse, then we'll kill your sister. And you need to to steal a file from Dr. Pratt is basically the mission. And their new leader is a sh- a, sh- a Shanko or whatever, <laughs> a Shanko. And a Shanko is is going to come back later as a as a bold twist that nobody fucking cares yeah, about. Yeah. It's it's like the weakest twist this movie could have had. Yeah, and we, nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's this character that we've never seen before. We'll talk about that. What my problems with that uh, later. We get this fade from, like, these menacing mercenaries beating up this naked woman just to, like, cheery music, and then it's Dr. Pratt and his wife <laughs> just, like, talking about whatever. Because that's how you do transitions. Uh-huh. Well, there's supposed to be a commercial break to soften it, but since it's not 1990 and we have the DVD, Pratt's wife is sketching this picture of him as a knight on a horse. Yeah, while well, he's like, <laughs> working out on, like, one of those, like, bike machines. Yeah, exercise bikes. It's so fucking weird. It's I I laughed so hard because it's, it's it's like a comedy moment. Like yeah, it's so it's, out it's of like place. out of like airplane or something. Like he's he's like oh I'm not noble and she's like are you sure about that and just has this beautiful sketch of yeah. him on a on a horse. And Pratt tells his wife that uh I think his name is is Ronald or something. But I'm just gonna call him Pratt because that's why I've called him throughout these whole notes because technically they're both Pratt. Yeah. Um that's fine. Pratt and Amy. Pratt tells his wife that he's suspicious and wants to know who fixes formula. And so cut back, another weird comedy cut to David back in the lab fixing the formula. And the computer is asking his name and he's he doesn't give it. What does he say? He's like, I don't know or something. He says, I, I don't says, exist. Yeah, yeah. And then the computer just keeps repeating it. I don't exist. I don't exist. I don't exist. Yeah, it malfunctions, I guess. Yeah, I mean... It wasn't prepared for that answer. (laughs) And we cut to this dance club, and the camera's on the ground, and this really, like... It's a very Saturday Night Fever shot where it's just it's just like disco ball lights and then the camera's looking up on everybody. And then somebody who's just Jasmine in a fucking red wig, which really made me angry because Natasha Romanoff, famous for having red hair... And she just has a red wig, of course. And she's flirting with a security. But also, the red wig isn't, like, a, a sensible one. It's, like, this huge 80s, like, glam rock hairdo. Yeah, it's, like, it's it's kind of like... I can't think of her name for something. Beverly Marsh from Howard the Duck. Yeah, there we go. But red. <laughs> it looks like what Mary Jane Watson looked like in the 80s. Like, yeah, like those... Bit. That comic's... It was just Mary Jane's hair. <laughs> yeah, and, and at first I was like, oh, that's weird. Not that I would be Mary Jane, but that's like the exact style. <laughs> you could have gotten a you could have gotten a General Ross in one of these movies. You don't need to do any effects or anything. Just have yeah. an angry military guy after the Hulk. It's easy. Anybody could do it. There's going to be somebody in the 90s who would have been really good for that. There probably is. There's probably Gary a lot Busey. Of <laughs> Gary <laughs> oh, Busey God. General Ross. I'd fucking watch that. I'd watch Gary Busey as the Hulk. Oh my god, as the Hulk or as Bruce Banner? <laughs> he's both. He could do it. <laughs> what if he's Gary Busey when he's Bruce Banner, but he's Nick Nolte when he's the Hulk? <laughs> Nick Nolte is the villain in the 2003 Hulk movie. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, and he sucks up a bunch of electricity and turns into the Absorbing Man. <laughs> have you seen that movie? I have not. There's Hulk dogs in it. What? <laughs> it's incredible. Oh, and and that throughout it's that incredible, like the Hulk. Yes. Ah, uh, and throughout the whole fucking movie. I know, I know. 
I brought it on myself. But throughout the whole movie, there's all these transitions that are like comic book panels. Like, like there'll be like a comic book panel, and then you see all the comic book panels. It zooms out, and then it zooms back into another one, and then it's the, that's the next scene. That movie's fucking crazy. That movie is borderline <laughs> experimental. That movie sounds so good. I want to see it. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway. Uh, Natasha's flirting with this security guard. I know what I said. And she takes his glass to the bathroom, gets his fingerprint off it, takes the disguise, and then just leaves. And then it cuts to a shot of him like, oh, where is she? He's, she just left him, which is kind of sad for that guy, but also I don't care. <laughs> and meanwhile, Doctor... I feel like that's how I end most of my, of my like, one-off statements on this. I don't care. Yeah, Why like am I saying most it? Most of them in, like, all of the episodes. Yeah, especially the movies that are boring, like this and, and uh... I guess this is really the only. This is probably the most boring one. Everything Doctor else has Strange something. Is boring. Yeah, but it's got it's got fun effects and, and ridiculous seventies porno stuff. I, I guess. So, and I remember that one. I'm not gonna remember this. Yeah, I'll remember I mean, the I ending of this. I don't really remember it a whole lot. Yep, and and, <laughs> and you watched, watched it, it last in, night. I watched it like twelve hours ago. Yeah, I watched it like two days ago. Pratt learns that it's David who's helping him. He sees him on like the security footage or whatever. And then in that very moment, David is in his lab and he goes down there. And David tells him who he really is and about the Hulk. This is probably the first time he's just outright told somebody about the Hulk straight away. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> like with Matt and Maggie and Don Blake and everybody, it takes a while before he he tells it back. Except maybe Don Blake, but he doesn't tell him. He just, yeah. circumstances, like, show him that that's what happened. And this is the first time he's like, yes, I become a big green monster. I have a pro like it's not this is the first time he's not just like oh I have a problem like, yeah I change I change but this time it's just outright I he, become a he big literally tells monster. him everything yeah like he tells him his real name he tells him he can turn into the Hulk probably <laughs> yeah probably because he knows he's this the only guy who might actually have a chance at helping him with the cure yeah I I guess. And he's like, I can't control it. And this is the first time in any of these movies they t get into his healing factor. They barely even talk about that in the MCU movies. Yeah. But just like Wolverine, Hulk does have a healing factor. It's probably not as drastic. Just but like it's... half of the MCU superheroes. Yeah. Every Well, everyone's fine. Everyone can go out for shawarma <laughs> after flying into a wormhole to space. It's okay. Because it's funny. So, <laughs> so that that's the MCU mentality. I love those movies, but a lot of those are just it's okay because joke pretty much and yeah that's all right that that's, like that's i feel like feel. It, i feel like that's just how it's become more and more like as the mcu has gone on yeah like, definitely just... Def that that's definitely true but yeah so he's like oh i have a healing factor and i don't think that i can die like i don't think the hulk can die which i think on our first hulk episode i talked about that story hulk the end where hulk does eventually die because he's the last man on earth and that's a really good story. I want to find more of the end comics because Punisher the End and Hulk the End are both great and I just discovered them like the past couple weeks and I want there to be more because you, you could probably find I more. like I like like a superhero and they're the last person on earth. Especially I like when... seeing superheroes <laughs> in existential pain. Well isn't that why we read the comics? It's not for the fun adventures and the morals for any it's for yeah, the we... suffering. Yeah pretty much. I think any comic book movie from 1990 to 2008 will show you that we just care about the sad stuff <laughs> for most much. of it. And he tells Pratt that he wants to destroy the Hulk and be human again, which I guess he wouldn't have been human for, like, 12 years now yeah, if they started I, in 78. That's... I mean, he's still human, like... But you you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. He's, he's got this thing that's gonna keep him alive forever, which is, in that story, that's how he becomes the last man on Earth. Banner could die, but the Hulk will never let him die because the Hulk... Is an asshole. Is an asshole. <laughs> well, he doesn't want to be bested by anybody. He wants to be the strongest and the best. And if he lets himself die, then he won't be anymore because the Hulk is a child. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the whole thing of it. Also, very disappointed that in all three of these movies, we never got a Hulk smash. Not at any point. Kind of sucks. Big iconic thing. They didn't do it. Not really surprised, though. But, uh, I mean... We, before I forget, we will see Lou Ferrigno in the next two Solo Hulk movies because he has cameos in both of them. Really? So, yeah, that's fun. Oh. Pratt wants to see the monster and turn its own power against it. And David refuses at first, of course, but Pratt's insistent on it and says that if they do this, they could save lives if they, because, I mean, after you extract the monster, you can probably find a way to utilize whatever healing factor it has. And so eventually David agrees. And there's this weird montage of David hanging out with Pratt and Amy 
yeah who's pratt's wife if i haven't established it's it's weird like they're like playing chess and amy's just watching them play chess it's like a montage of him hanging out with them and also them working yeah i mean only them working makes sense but but i don't know why it cuts to them like playing chess and shit yeah that's just kind of weird it's really random oh man i don't remember if there's like a really weird montage song behind it or if it's just boring instrumentals i think it's just boring i love like an an 80s montage like a rocky four style montage like one that's set to like like push it to the limit or eye of the tiger or something like that's one of my favorite things in life probably best montage from (laughs) from uh south park that's when you need to push yourself to the test and show us the passage of time we're gonna need a now they're just trying the experiment, and we get this weird Star Trek transporter effect, like all these blue lines around the Hulk. They say it's a magnet, but... A magnet for what? I do know that David gives himself these cartoony electric shocks, and it gives him flashbacks to, like, the TV show. It's kind of well... There's kind of a well-acted moment where he's shocking himself, but it's also so goofy, because this whole time, those blue 80s, like, yeah. old, like lightning bolts are going through him. And he hulks out, but he can't escape the field, and so Amy tranquilizes him with this. She puts, like, this computer pack tranquilizer thing on his back, and then she has, like, the remote for it. And they take some pictures of the wound, I guess, after you trank him, he turns back into Banner, because then you see the wound on Banner. They they take pictures of it, but it fades away just to demonstrate the healing factor it's fine for 1990s television (laughs) you know it's fine it's where they put all their budget (laughs) into this thing that i could probably do (laughs) now (laughs) they show him all the footage and i never fucking thought about this but he's never seen the hulk before like he never would have seen it as banner that's crazy to me like i that's like one of my favorite parts of this movie is just that one line where banner's like i've never seen that before (laughs) because you think back it's like yeah he never knew what this thing looked like that's fucking crazy it's He's always been quick enough to, like, avoid the news or ever, or anything. Like, yeah. It's never been like that. Like, it's not like he's yeah, with the really... Avengers blowing up Times Square. Yeah. And so every, there's, there's not exactly cell like, phone footage of Yeah, it. there's not really pictures or, like, video of him doing anything because he kind of stays away from all that. Pratt's research is being judged by the head of, of the facility. You know, she's this tough woman in charge working 9 to 5. Working 9 to 5! Whatever, whatever, uh, whatever. Why every time? It's, 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 it's for the lulls, for anything. I just don't get how you fit it in every time. I, I just, I don't know, but it's funny. It, it amuses me. <laughs> Basically, Pratt goes on this whole speech about fuck war because, you know, oh, you want to use it to create super soldiers and you want to use all genetic technology to make, make a bunch of Captain Americas and fuck you and fuck war. Fuck everybody. Because I'll tell you what the perfect soldier is. The perfect soldier soldier is a man who sits around dreaming of coming home who writes his girlfriend because he has nothing more to do because there's no more war it's basically just like anarchy punk but that's <laughs> but but a, a speech by like a 60 year old man and he storms off and he tells amy and banner that he's probably gonna get fired because he just fucked with that that working woman in her office this is a character that we never see again and this plot is never resolved so what was the point i feel like it was like a superman 4 situation where superman 4 the only reason christopher reeve came back for that was because he wanted to push this nuclear message i feel like the only reason this scene was in there is because bill bixby wants to push this anti-war message like it it seems just like like a scene so you can make a point i mean yeah kind of but at the same time this scientist literally gets put into a coma like that night yep so he couldn't exactly get fired when he's literally in a coma that's true but also who's this fucking head of facility lady that we never see again yeah and amy's distracting this guy so pratt can tell david that tomorrow night they're they're gonna free him basically they're like okay i'm gonna free you of the hulk you're gonna be a human again it's all it's all gonna gonna work out we're gonna shoot you with a bunch of lasers and hope for the best yeah exactly that's exactly what they do because that's all the science in these movies it's all the science in like every probably every sci-fi or superhero movie it's just like what if lasers (laughs) every movie before like the 90s yeah and and a lot after and now sometimes sometimes. i mean how many movies are just a blue light shoots up into the sky because of science gone wrong (laughs) or something that's literally what the avengers was Mm -hmm. and suicide squad and ghostbusters (laughs) (laughs) yeah so jasmine's like she's 
at a dry cleaners and she's talking to betty the security guard and she goes on this really unfunny rant that i bet was ad-libbed about just like spilling food don't you wish clothes would come in food colors because you know you're gonna spill something i'd like a marinara sauce dress please a mustard skirt red wine slide oh no 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 i gave up red wine as soon as i got white carpeting i just won't allow it in the house the guest brings over red wine i say leave it outside the door it's like bad stand-up like it's just i think that they were just like oh it's improvised maybe somebody on on set thought she was really funny in person they were like oh that'll translate to screen and it didn't clearly (laughs) if she's funny she's not in this but yeah not at all but the whole point that this scene even happened is so she can steal betty's uniform from the dry cleaners and so now she composes as a security guard because betty and her basically look like the exact same person and pratt and david they're talking about about the risks and how oh you know you could definitely die david if if anything goes wrong uh, there could be a real death of the Incredible Hulk situation. But he's like, I'm ready. I'm ready for that. Whatever. And so they strap him in. They put this weird helmet on him. It's like a weird knight's helmet, but it's plastic. It's like a, like a riot helmet. Yeah, it's like, so for some reason, it goes over his head, mm-hmm. but it has like this plastic piece that only goes like around like where his mouth is but not over it and not over his eyes really yeah so like the entire face is cut out of the helmet and then there's just a random like piece of plastic like wrapping around like his like chin it looks like duct tape is just sticking this like windshield over his face it's the dumbest design thing in this in this entire movie i think yeah probably i mean everything else looks fine i guess but this just looks really weird they're gonna launch it in like three minutes, and I was like, "This is enough time for uh, for things to stop, so Pratt could be killed, or could, his files could be stolen, or whatever." Apparently, that doesn't even matter because the whole procedure is gonna take twelve minutes. And Jasmine takes out Betty with chloroform, so she can um, she she can take her place. And she walks in on David and Pratt just as they're in the middle of the procedure. And Pratt cuts the power and tries to stop Jasmine from stealing the files, but he ends up getting knocked out. That put him into a coma, apparently, and he like gets pushed into something and it's like these chemicals and they start a fire and banner hulks out without a transformation effect at all they didn't even recycle anything it's just he's he just david. transforms off screen it's, yeah he does it's like this is david banner cut to jasmine doing whatever then cut and he's the hulk it's really disappointing because i i really enjoyed the transformation effects in the last two especially trial that one had better ones i think because it's like you see the shoes like getting yeah exploded in the shirt and whatever that's really fun he hulks out and he carries pratt out of the fire but all these armed guards show up and hulk knocks a door off its hinges and it flattens these two guards <laughs> and i really thought i was gonna walk on top of it and like kill them but he walks on top of the part that the guards aren't under so he didn't murder those two people but he's definitely I, murdered in the past i feel like it would have been a little out of place for him to just walk on top of them and the door just like well yeah <laughs> like, like yeah that, that's, you just see like the squishing again that's like <laughs> a real like comedy moment i feel like hulk drops the doctor as soon as it's safe and then he has this like benny hill moment with some of the guards you know like where where they're chasing him and then he comes yeah. back and he's chasing them like it's like is this are there supposed to be comedic moments or is this just yeah it's weird that in this movie there's like <laughs> there's just random moments of them like it seems like they're trying to do comedy there's patches but none of, of it awkward lands. comedy yeah it, it doesn't blend in with the like this is the most serious one out of the three except maybe some of the the sexual assault stuff in trial but like overall this is more serious than the last two but so it's weird when there's these awkward moments of comedy like this is at least the least comic booky of the three yeah it's the most just kind of like soap opera drama e one it's like the least comic booky because it's the least hulk <laughs> yeah there's you, like a whole there's like two scenes with the hulk in it yeah i mean there's a lot towards the end and i think it really picks up towards the end in a lot of ways i think there's some good stuff towards the end of the movie but it starts so slow and most of it is pretty slow yeah i just enjoyed that final action sequence that's the avengers endgame action sequence of this trilogy when you think about it like after that the <laughs> biggest action scene of all time like the most epic battle on screen whenever i watch like a trilogy or a series and there's like the final battle i'm like this is nothing like this is <laughs> absolutely nothing compared to that or like return of the king i mean the last fight in this is just a shootout with police <laughs> like yeah yeah, and then an Uzi to the helicopter, which is so fucking funny. 
Anyway, Hulk does a fucking, he does a really sick jump out the window to the ground. That's crazy. Like, from like four stories up. He rips this big, like, like there's this, clearly this cut in the fence so he can rip it. Um, but that, that you can see for like a, a frame. But then he rips the a hole in the fence and he runs away. And Amy's with Pratt in the hospital in a coma. And there's this weird line. Ronnie. Will you rub my back? Amy sees the security footage of David and they're like, oh, do you know him? And he's like, yeah, but he's not a, he's not a bad guy or whatever. And he's going by David Bellum this time. You were right. They think that David and Jasmine are working together, which as of now they're not, but it doesn't take long until that does become true. And Kosh is yelling at Jasmine, tells this weird bodyguard guy to beat her up, but keep her alive. And then so she just yells for a bit. That guy's the fucking weirdest character in this movie. <laughs> he's got like a fetish for, for torture, torture which... That's a real thing, <laughs> but I... but he doesn't get to do it because she's yelling about him and Ashanka for whatever, and so he's like, you know what, don't do anything. Now I want you to go after Banner, and then we see David, and he's talking to Amy about Jasmine, and he's asking about Pratt, and, and he, she's like, oh, don't worry, Pratt's okay, it's fine, and then he walks outside and he gets surrounded, and then they chase him into this field, and he spots this general store in the distance, and then he runs over, he runs to it, he breaks through the door with a fucking trash, like, the glass with a trash can, like, (laughs) do the right thing style, and then he gets inside, and Jasmine's in there? But why would Jasmine be in that particular convenience store that he just happened to see? And how did she get in there? It's not like they, they lured her or they lured him into the convenience store. It's like he saw it yeah, himself. Yeah, he's gonna end it up there. So why would she be there and not anywhere else? Anyway, she gets shot, and then the cars flee, and the guy who shot her also got shot and says that this is a big twist, that her sister is a Asha- Shanka, so they don't really have her sister captive, or Asha- her sister is leading the whole thing, and nobody cares. Like, who yeah. the fuck cares? <laughs> David helps Jasmine out with her bullet wound. They go to, like, this cat where David stitches her up. Jasmine knows that he's the Hulk. Thinks that, oh, they're building an army of super soldiers. So David puts her to bed. And then we're back with Kasha and Ashanka, who this is the first time we've ever seen this character. Like, we've heard her mentioned a bunch of times, but it's not... Like, this movie is not good at building up suspense for this character. Like, when I think of, like, a big reveal of a character, I think of, like, Jabba the Hutt. Because, like, throughout the whole Empire and A New Hope, you hear about, oh, Han, you owe Jabba money. Jabba's this big crime boss, and... Whatever. And then you finally, yeah, I know, you finally see Jabba, and he's this big, gross slug man surrounded by bounty hunters, and you finally see him in Return of the Jedi, and it's this big reveal, which is ruined now if you watch A New Hope, and a special edition has Jabba in it, so it's like, whatever. Yeah, you, you see Jabba in the first movie. But that does a really good job of building up suspense for this character by just hearing about him. But in this, you hear a reference, like, twice. And then there's a twist. And then there's a twist. Nobody has... It's not earned, and it's not interesting. Yeah, she's not even an interesting character either. (laughs) Yeah, she's not at all. And, And she's just like, oh, go find Jasmine David kill Jasmine, but don't kill David, because he probably knows that formula that we need for some reason. She kind of looks like Sarah Paulson, but I think I was just thinking about Sarah Paulson in the moment for some reason. But she kind of has that face and and that voice that's like, I am a strong woman, and I, I tricked you. The only thing worse than a mean man is a nasty woman. It's direct dialogue from, like, season six of American Horror Story. There is something more dangerous in this world than a humiliated man. A nasty woman. What the fuck are you doing? You know, like... Yeah, I know. You know, she has that weird voice <laughs> and, like, that pouty face and, and like, the doe eyes. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. That's what about, she looks but... like. All right. <laughs> so David is... <laughs> David's going to leave, leave Jasmine behind so he can go help Pratt, and he's going to turn himself in. But Jasmine's like, I'll help out, but not by turning you in. So Banner calls, like, the fire department and says that there's a jumper there's like a guy outside he's gonna kill himself and so they meet amy they sneak in they meet amy in dr pratt's room and david tries to talk to him and wake him out of his coma and somehow that got pratt to wake back up so these bad guys start following them on the road they're they're getting away we get this very very boring construction site car chase until these bulldozers almost kill them and hulk hulks out and breaks the roof off the car 
And then he stops the bulldozers, and it's really disappointing because it's clearly just the bulldozers were turned off and, and then yeah, eventually turned back just... on to go backwards. <laughs> like, it's just really it's shitty. It's clear they just weren't moving. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it, it, it's not, like, this big epic moment like it should be. It's just nothing. Yeah, just just imagine, like, filming this scene. Just a big green Lou Ferrigno yeah. pushing as hard as he can on two turned off bulldozers and there's there's nothing like standing up inside of a car on yeah with its roof torn off and on set there'd be no like the only sound would be of the bulldozers and and probably lou frigna's weird grunts and that would be it jasmine tells the hulk uh he's like oh leave me behind and then they meet back at the cabin in the rain i kind of thought to the 2008 incredible hulk when um betty ross and the hulk are like hanging out in the rain it's kind of similar cinematography just like the sky reminded me of the same like it's all gray and the hulk is like or, or bruce banner's all no? i think that i think that's just a coincidence I don't no think... oh, it's just a coincidence i mean definitely <laughs> but i just like the the shared imagery of the hulk in the rain i don't think any hulk movie has taken any inspiration whatsoever from the from any of these ones exactly not at all jasmine tries to seduce him but he's like oh i haven't had love like that in a long time and then I was like, hey, what about Maddie? Like, you two were definitely fucking, and <laughs> and did you just forget about her? Like, I wanted justice for Maddie, because I mean, Maddie are, was... What's the timeline for these movies? I like, mean, how are, are they probably, just not connected? They have to be all a year apart, because he doesn't look that different. But there's never a reference to Daredevil or Thor yeah, that, in that's, either... That's why I'm confused, like... When do these take place? They have to take to each place other? like a year apart. Uh, Th- these have to the be. Movies? No, these have to be. It's just it's like there's a line in oh, shit. I don't remember if it's Batman Forever or Batman and Robin, but there's a bit when it must have been Batman Forever because I think he's with Doctor Chase Meridian, played by Nicole Kidman, and he's like, "Oh, I've never been in love before." When in Batman he was with Vicky Vale, and in Batman Returns he was with Selena Kyle Catwoman, and so it's just like that. It's just like, oh yeah, you just forgot. <laughs> the other love interests in this. I'm sure Banner's been with a lot of people since he somehow is just always going to a different place. Yeah, I guess he's always he on the run. Ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he had tons of adventures where he probably became part of the Avengers at some <laughs> point. What if there is an Avengers, but like, like it was in the middle of like trial and death, so like we <laughs> will never see it. We just didn't know, but Hulk got Thor and Daredevil. Yeah, like... that can be our timeline. Our uh, the, the the official every Marvel movie ever timeline of the Hulk movies is in the middle of trial and death. He was part of the Avengers. <laughs> there is an Avengers. We can assemble a Dreamcast later for the, the 80s Avengers. They start making out and we get some sexy flute, which sexy flute playing, always always a staple, just like the sexy saxophone. They have sex in much more graphic detail than I thought for a 1990 TV. It I mean, was... it's not that graphic generally, but for a 90s television movie starring the Hulk. Yeah, it's definitely up there. And it goes on for a while, I think, is is what... It's very uncomfortable. I, I hated I it. I was just like, <laughs> I, I wasn't uncomfortable. I was just like, oh, I didn't expect this. It I was just, more like, oh. I just think it was creepy. It's kind of weird Bill to Bixby's see... Bill kind of old. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that when I was watching it, but Bill Bixby probably is a lot older in there. Because she looks like she's like 30, and he would have been... like half his age. Yeah, that makes it kind of creepy. He's like 50, and he's He's, like, fondling her. Yeah, I guess that's kind of creepy. She's probably in, like, her mid-20s or 30s, and she... And then he's in, like, his 50s. Yeah, I mean, I love Bill Bixby. God bless him. But, uh, yeah, it's a little weird. Yes. At least he didn't write this movie, so he could be like, oh, you know what I need to put in. I hate when directors do that. I hate... Or, like, writers, and they're like, yeah. I'm gonna play this character so I can, I can fuck Selma Hayek or whatever. Uh. Like, it's, it's really creepy. In the morning, they're like, oh, let's run away together. That's the plan. On the other side of the world, not really, but a few miles away, Pratt's ambulance has been hijacked, and David and Jasmine make plans to get passports back at the cabin, jumping around all the time. Jasmine hears on the radio about the ambulance. Jasmine tells David that they're gonna find out where Pratt's been taken, and so we see Ashanka. She has the Pratt's, of course, and she's like, oh, tell me everything that you know by morning. Yeah. Even though she probably will anyway. Well, if you remember from The Punisher, <laughs> how will I know? You don't. Some chance is better than no chance. Of course, they don't trust her. They're smarter than to trust her on this. David's in this really fucking weird disguise with this like oh, yeah. fa- fake mustache and really weird voice. And Jasmine's dressed like like almost like Morticia Adams or like Emma Peel from <laughs> they, the British Avengers. They steal a car 
from a dealership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but apparently the car salesman knows where they are, the Pratts are, because they ask him and he tells them. Yeah. And then so clearly he was an informant of some kind or something. Then they just put him in the trunk and he gets arrested. He tells the cop team where Banner's headed. So you know the police are on their way, and Banner and Jasmine sneak in to the the base, and Jasmine gets captured after covering everything in gasoline. And then Ashanka tells Kasha to finish off Jasmine, but Kasha hands it over to that weird torture fetish guy. She like she kicks his ass and throws this bookshelf on top of him, and I thought he was dead, but I think you see him. You see him in the helicopter. Later. Yeah. Meanwhile, the police are infiltrating, and that leads to a decent shootout. And Banner helps the Pratts escape, and Ashanka shoots Kasha. She's trying to get away on this plane with that bookshelf torture fetish guy. Jasmine is in the way of the plane. She's on the runway, and he's going to try to hit her. David sees Jasmine, and he hulks out on his way to saving her. And Hulk pushes the plane around, and he's on the plane when it takes off. And this is the end of the movie. So fucking dumb, and I hate it. Ashanka takes out an Uzi for some. I guess she. Why wouldn't you shoot the Hulk? Why would you sacrifice yourself? She pulls out an Uzi and she shoots the bottom of the plane, and it explodes. She shoots the fuel tank. <laughs> yeah, and it fucking explodes. Okay, so let's go over this. Why would you just blow up the plane, Steve Trevor style, instead of being like, oh, what if I just shoot the Hulk Why instead? Use that point blank range. Could have probably shot him out of the plane. But whatever. The plane explodes and then Hulk's falling back to Sarah. And you know, it's actually genuinely pretty sad as like he starts to turn half Hulk and half Banner. And I was like, it was a pretty solid emotional bit until this really awkward song plays. Like this melodramatic bullshit song plays. And Hulk hits the ground so hard and all the pavement cracks. It's that's a pretty cool effect actually. He turns back into David as Jasmine holds his hand. The final words of David Banner, or after Jasmine says, uh, David what was his like David now you, you can be free or whatever? And she says, Jasmine, I am free. And that's it. And then the Lonely Man theme plays one final time as we pan out with David on the ground, surrounded by the Pratts and Jasmine. And it's pretty effective, especially because it's Bill Bixby. It's effective, but it's... I still feel like it's literally the dumbest way they could have killed the Hulk. It's 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 really dumb. There were so many Hulk, better ways they could have done it. When the Hulk blows up, but I think when it's Bill Bixby just... Yeah, that... Because it's the last I'm time he's ever going to be the Hulk. Just everything before... <laughs> Between him being in the air and before he turned yeah, in, yeah. back into Bill Bixby was just fucking it's stupid. It's pretty awful. It's especially with that fucking song. That oh song really God. ruined it all. I was hoping that this would be like a solid death and it'd be a really solid end performance, so I could like be like, oh, then this episode's dedicated to Bill Bixby or whatever. And I think we could still do that, but also it's like it's not a great way to end this trilogy. It's really not. And I think. Well, okay. It. Technically, it did end with Bill Bixby, and that was pretty good. Yeah. So. And I just. I, I think I was still okay. It does suck. Just... It's. I mean, it sucks that he's gone, and he was really fucking great as David Banner and all of these, and he's been probably the best performance as a comic book character we've seen in any of these. Up there with Eric Kramer. Yeah. But I, I just love him as Bruce Banner, and it is sad that we lost him lo a long time ago. Before we were born Before a long we time were ago. ten years before <laughs> I was born. Anyway, Bill Bixby has definitely been the highlight of... He's been, like, the one consistent thing throughout the three of these that yeah. has been he's always really been. I don't great. think he's ever really done a bad job in any of these. No, I think he, he was always pretty good. And he was great on the on the show, even though that's not our territory. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed, I really enjoyed the last minute of this movie. I thought it was really solid. And there was some fun action towards the end, and especially when he runs through all the shit in the start. And Bill Bixby, of course, brings it all because I think he knows this is the last time he's gonna be the Hulk. Lots of pacing issues, and the villains suck. And, you know, it's probably on par with Trial in a lot of ways, but Trial's probably better. They probably get yeah. worse as they go. Yeah, I think so. But, you know, it's like it's like a six. It's like a five or a six at yeah, a time. It's like a. F yeah, it's like a. It's, I'd say it's like it's, a. It's like a five. Yeah. It's, there's nothing offensively bad about it's, it. Yeah, I, exactly. It's just. It's Perfect. fine. I. It's fine. Personally, I wouldn't want to watch it again. No, I wouldn't ever watch this again. But it's I'm not decent. gonna be like this is one of the worst things that oh, you've ever no, watched. No, it's or... it's far from the worst. Yeah. No, it's it's you know, and especially it being the last 
thing in this whole Hulk universe that spanned oh like over a decade, twelve years. It is something to see, and it's it's a fine ending. It it is disappointing, especially since we've been going so in depth with these last three movies. Yeah, I feel like this. If any, like, if you're really gonna watch this movie, you should probably only watch it if, like, you're a big fan of, like, the show. Also, good luck finding a decent price <laughs> yeah. copy of this. Because it's it's just not that amazing. No, it's not incredible, I think, is, is what, you know, that, that'll that be my pull quote for this. Throw that <laughs> in the fucking DVD box. It's not incredible. <laughs> Like, uh, the like bottom on most of the bo- yeah. on most boxes when they have like uh, what people say about Roger the Ebert's quote or whatever. Yeah, you, just the one quote is it's not that incredible. <laughs> Gabe Thomas, every Marvel movie ever. <laughs> yeah, we can be an official news source. <laughs> Re-release all these with we're, dumb we're, shit we've said. We're credible. Are enough? we credible? <laughs> because I do like a day of research on this, and that's it. It's not the worst, but it's it's far, far from, from the, best. the best. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, I mean, that's pretty much it from us guys. But uh, yeah, we're done officially with the Bill Bixby Hulk movies. We're that that's it. Next, ooh, next week we got Captain America, nineteen ninety, and that is on YouTube. If you want to watch along with us, it's the whole thing in HD on YouTube, just like the Punisher. I was going to apologize, but maybe you're you're glad that we you had two episodes last week. But now we are back to normal schedule f- until now and for the rest of the year because there's no new Marvel movies coming out this year. So it's all just what we set up to do, which is every Marvel movie ever. We're going to be getting pretty far before the end of the year, actually. I think our last one might be Iron Man or it might be Punisher Warzone. It's around 2008. But, you know, we got a long way to go. We got lots of episodes yeah. this year coming up. <laughs> Uh, I hope everybody had a great 4th of July, too. That's something I wish I said in The Punisher. I didn't realize when that one was going out. But hopefully you were all safe and you didn't blow your hands off. Uh, and thank you so much if you did listen to both episodes last week. Uh, I know that was a holiday, so it's you don't have a lot of time to listen to podcasts. So if you did take the time to listen to our episodes, we really appreciate it. As always, subscribe and rate, and we can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Marvel Movie Pod, find the Gmail. I feel like a machine. <laughs> I've done this so many times. Yeah, now. it's just a routine. Episode. Yeah, I, well, I, well, we gotta do it. And find the Gmail is MarvelMoviePod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at FlipDeg. Find me on Twitter. I'm gonna not fuck it up this time. I'm on Twitter at FlipDeg, but the E in egg is a three. I did it in one take. Instead of five, like last week. Franny is actually running from the government. <laughs> he murdered two people. He's been framed. He has changed his name to Franny Ayala. That is the level of last name switching that we do on the show. Might get worse. I'll update you guys by <laughs> next week. Yeah, if he's not here next week, I might have to replace him with, with like the Hulk action figure I got sitting over there. Um, if I'm gone, just assume I got sent over the border. Yeah, you know, it's about <laughs> fucking time. We need to report. We need to re- report and deport you. That's what's going on. But thank you so much for listening. Uh, enjoy Captain America next week. Goodbye, everybody. Well, it was real good, Dr. Pratt. I couldn't taste the carrots.